0: Casey got a big hand from the crowd. Pitches outside for a ball. Because most of them had read in the newspapers about Casey's show after the game yesterday in the midst of a rainstorm and an electrical storm, and they stood there under an umbrella and did the show. Pitches outside for a ball. It's two and two now. And then. Uh, when the show was over and Casey started back to the dugout, uh, in a downpour, there was a youngster soaked there in the box seat there asking for an autograph, so Casey stopped and autographed the scorecard to the youngster in the midst of the downpour. 2-2 pitch. swung on, on, and it's foul ball right down in the 30 box, box, and the count holds it,
1: Welcome to the BBA Today, your podcast that covers events around the Brewster Baseball Association every day with your host, Yellow Springs 9 General Manager, Ron Collins. And now, let's get on with the show.
2: Hey, welcome to episode 6 of the podcast. I think it's really uh, been a whole lot of fun here so, so far, and I expect today's episode will be equally fun or better raising the bar for all others that come uh, come next today i have with me the general manager of the calgary pioneers uh, kevin dixon and the commissioner and general manager of the nashville bluebirds uh, matt rechtenwald thank you guys uh, for your time today this is going to be a whole lot of fun glad to be right. here yeah good to see you again there you go um, I thought that what we would do today is spend a little bit of time talking about what I am what I consider in my brain the topsy-turvy nature of the league this year. You take a look at every division, and you see teams in that upper tier that you weren't expecting to see, and you see tier, uh, teams at the bottom tier that you weren't expecting to see. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time and essentially kind of get out of the way and let you two guys ruminate for the most part. Um, about uh, what you see that is uh, weird and topsy-turvy, and, um, and then we'll kind of go from there. So, uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts?
0: Um, I agree. I mean, that there's teams that are doing very well that you wouldn't expect. Um, in my division, for instance, Wichita is not normally toward the top of the division, and teams that aren't doing so well. I mean, you know, Vegas and Boise and myself, we're fighting to get to 500, and Vancouver is doing terrible in their division and Montreal's leading narratives. So, um, just goes to show how, uh, balanced in some ways the league has become. What do you think, Matt?
1: Yeah, I was going to point to, uh, some of the same teams you did, um, particularly Montreal, uh, the success they've had early in a division that we all pretty much thought was new Orleans and Rockville, like usual, um, well, also say in the Frick League, we're looking at you know Twin Cities, twenty-five and eleven. Not sure too many people had that one pegged.
0: Um, I on the up not. Side, yeah. <laughs> No. No.
1: No. And on the other side of things, you know, Vancouver, eleven and twenty-four in the Pacific. Um, Boise, seventeen and nineteen. Vegas, seventeen and eighteen. Um, a lot of topsy turviness right now um we're at mid-may so given another few sims here and we should be at a point where it's this is the real thing
2: Yeah, uh, and 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 then you've got edmonton at 28 and 8 right yeah 28 and 8 is a pretty uh strong set of numbers right there
1: we've had some pretty crazy success well what do you um, think
2: is is going on there? Because you know, you, you mentioned like uh Kevin in your division, right? Uh, Wichita and San Antonio you you mentioned and uh Matt kind of bled into the idea of, you know, early sample size. We're in mid May, it's not quite April, um and it's not quite June or July when things were you'd think would be kind of more settled. Um but you know, at the end of the day, you look at what San Antonio is doing, right? Uh, they're like they're essentially kind of leading the league in hitting and uh, pitching, batting average at least, if I'm remembering my my uh, scans right. And Wichita's uh, a power factory uh, up in the upper tier of of home runs, so it's not like they're uh, not getting some elite level performances. Um, what are your what are your thoughts about i mean is are these two possibly real
0: i i think san antonio's real um rivera is off to an amazing start 6 and 0 but this is about the point he got hurt last year so a healthy rivera is a big step forward for them pitching wise and then offensively uh i traded them puckett which gives him a good leadoff player and then stinson is uh, showing why he deserved to be up. So San Antonio, I think, is definitely for real. Wichita,
1: I gotta not, take some credit for San Antonio. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> he had every plan to keep Stinson in the minors again this year, and I yeah. said, Mike. He goes, "What am I? Should I? Why should I have him up?" I'm like, "You should have had him up last year. <laughs> Bring the kid up and stop overthinking it." So I hope he's happy.
0: Well, I think I would imagine he's pretty happy with, with how he's doing so far.
1: Yeah. And sorry, back to Wichita.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure on Wichita.
1: Well, uh, here's the deal on Wichita. Um, they're showing a winning record right now. They've, they've actually given up more runs than they scored. Uh, it's usually a trend towards uh, not so good. If we're looking on Stats Plus, they're at the base runs page. Wichita's projected out for X win loss record of 17 and 19 right now. They're performing
0: three wins above that. Well, I've definitely helped them out on a few of those. I'm trying to look at what my record is against Wichita, but I know they took me to the cleaners.
1: Also interesting on that page is Edmonton is actually performing six wins ahead of expected. Hmm. Ron, you'll be happy to know the best team in the league by X-Win's base runs is Yellow Springs.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that and five bucks uh, will get me a ticket into the Starbucks to watch the Landis uh, next year.
1: Right, right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Wichita, Wichita, I'm looking up, is five
0: and three against me. So they've got a winning record against me. And I've also done my part to help Edmonton out. Um, I swept a series from them, but that was the end of that. Yeah, so. what do
2: we think about the uh, in the Atlantic? What do we think about Atlantic City's offense, uh, Montreal's pitching? I feel kind of dumb not thinking through Montreal because for a couple of years I've been been watching Montreal's farm system come in, and I think mm-hmm. I've just been kind of awed with the uh, New Orleans Rockville uh, juggernaut. I feel like I've missed both Montreal and Atlantic City in particular. Um do you guys have any thoughts about why they are uh, where they are? Are those two teams real? Atlantic City's offense is like off the charts.
0: Juan Rivera.
2: Juan Rivera, for sure. Um,
0: not not much
1: you can't say about a guy with a 1-2-2-0 OPS. Uh,
0: 20 homers already.
1: Unreal. Um, he's And then you look at... Uh, Randy Bader, their catcher, yeah. this has kind of come out of nowhere. Well, he came out of the Las Vegas farm system, but that's either here nor there.
0: Well, that's kind um, of nowhere.
1: Right. <laughs> and because, he's a
0: guy that doesn't look that good on paper except for his gap power.
1: This dude, uh, I threw him in, um, I think, it, yeah, it was the last season I was there. Uh, traded for Reese Wareham down the stretch and gave him Randy Bader as a throwing. So he's doing well, you know. Keith Dean is always doing well. Salazar—they've got a stable of uh, bats, um, and their pitching's doing just well enough.
0: Yeah, say so their their pitching's definitely weak, but um, when you're scoring that many runs, I mean, 222 runs scored already—that's pretty right. impressive. And they're in second, so who's in first?
1: Well, that's Atlantic City. So, you know, while we've been we've all been uh, wowed by the shiny object, Aldo and Gonzalez and all their young hitters that came up, all of a sudden they've got the best pitching in the league. Yeah, you
0: know,
1: know, a lot of these are guys who like Geestman, for example, he's been um, around for a while, but Really hasn't broken through to the point that he has so far this year. Um, again, uh, Lance Harrison is a rookie for them, doing awesome. Ando,
2: well, yeah. Let me ask. Uh, let me riff off of that for just a second, Matt. Um, you know, if we look at this, uh, what, what I introduced as topsy turviness. Um, you know, is it really topsy turviness? Is this a um, factor of just a lot of young players that people aren't really paying attention to coming up. And so some of these teams are better than we expected them to be just because of human nature. Uh, You know, human nature is, wow, this team was really great last year. They'll be great again next year. This team was dog meat last year. They'll be dog meat this year. Um, How much of that plays into this? Well, I think with Montreal
1: specifically, it's, you know, there's just so many good young players on this team. It's hard to keep track of that many. So, you know, maybe you look at these top specs that are coming up from them and all of a sudden they've also got like seven young pitchers who are rated 50 to 70 um, that have come up. So we probably should have expected this. And if, if this is an end result of things working the way we hope they would, which is the bad teams getting good young players and then rising up, then this is all a good thing.
2: Well, I mean, I know that um, Kevin Spencer, the GM, before Jeffrey was doing a lot of work on the minors, so that's a remnant of some of that aspect, too. What, so I'm kind of getting the flavor from you two that uh, Montreal is probably real, Atlantic City is possibly real, depends on a few things. Um, what do you think about in the Pacific? with San Fernando and Valencia and Portland all kind of up in the mix where they weren't really expected? Are, are these teams real, or is this something else going on
0: Kevin go ahead Does
2: it matter
0: in the Pacific (laughs) the Pacific is clearly the weakest division we've got I'd love to play in the Pacific so um California is as good as anybody else out there but I think um there's three teams in in each of the division each of the other divisions that clearly would be in first place if they were in that division No offense intended, Pacific, but let's be
2: honest here. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here. The general manager of the Calgary Pioneers says the Pacific are dog meat. I like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, San Fernando that's
0: rebuilding is in second place.
1: He's in second
0: place largely
1: because Vargas is hitting like 800 this year. And Maldonado has 18 homers. He's got no pitching whatsoever right. with Valencia too. Their bullpen is so, so abysmal. I can't see them doing anything unless they shore that up. Now the team that's actually the coldest right now in that division is the one that I keep an eye on and that's Hawaii.
0: Yeah. Cause they've got the pitching.
1: Yep. Uh, Portland. They're getting better. Um, they're certainly not in contention for anything right now. No? Uh, Seattle's played a little bit better of late. Uh, it's weird to see Seattle doing it all with pitching and really no offense to speak of.
0: He's had good pitching for a while, but his, but his offense is not what it used to be. Right. And uh, Long Beach is, you know, at the bottom looking up, but... We know that Long Beach will come
2: back. Yeah. So, what do we think in the Heartland? I think the main team that is the outlier is the Twin City River Monsters that uh, somebody mentioned earlier on. Is yeah. uh, is Twin City for real? Or are we still in this middle of uh, middle of sample size issues?
1: Twin Cities has the most run scored in the entire league. Uh, they also have the highest <laughs> base running uh, quotient. They're plus six point eight and base running, and a decent bullpen. Now, looking at their lineups, nobody's sticking out, like, being hugely overperforming.
0: So Your top hitter's at 311, and your first-in-run score.
1: Right. Um, Looking at their pitching, the, the five they've got in their rotation right now have been really solid. The bullpen, there's nobody sticking out as being... Truly horrible, except for Ragnar Lothbrock with his 8.89 ERA. This might be a real team. And uh, looking through their roster, I don't see why not.
2: Yeah, I just had a conversation with Scott in a GM's Corner earlier on. And, um, yeah, I think he's he's got a team that I admire quite a bit, and that is a team where almost everybody contributes but very few, just like superstars, that stand out, right? So it's a really interesting. Uh, I called it a workaday team at the time. Um, I'm, I've got my eyes out. I'm, I uh, I wish I could say that they were not for real in the Heartland because the Heartland is already like a, a buzzsaw. But uh, I think that they are probably for real. Let me let me throw this out to you guys. Um, you know, we've gone through a bunch of teams, and some of these teams are actually for real. Some of them aren't. We might be right and wrong in different places. Why? Why is it that you think that we're seeing this kind of uh, this churn, right? What, what's What's going on? Is it Is it uh, raw random luck? Um, we've had a lot of things going on in the league for the past couple of years. So let me uh, quit rambling on forever. And uh, Kevin, Matt, what are your thoughts on why we're seeing this?
0: I, I think the biggest reason is that we've got every team being run by somebody that knows how to run the team. There's no weak GMs. And so everybody's getting the most out of, uh, like you mentioned, Twin Cities, there's, there's no, that, that could be a team with no all-star that could compete for the division championship because he's putting the pieces together properly. Uh, and just, there just aren't any patsies when it comes to. Yeah, man. What do you think, Matt?
1: <clears throat> Two things I'd also point out. Uh, one, we're seeing the results of the uh, mega draft come into play here, as we kind of alluded to with Montreal. Uh, the other thing, you know, As we've been trying to get the pitching in order, uh, league settings-wise, we're also missing a lot of the depth that has gone
0: over to the Umeba. Well, especially depth at certain positions.
1: Yep, particularly relief pitching and bottom of the rotation depth.
0: Well, and and catchers and uh, good hitting center fielders, at least I seem to not be able to find those.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably. There's a lot to be said for that because the Umeba becomes kind of a uh, uh, quad A, triple A as a baseline, but then their stars are guys that we would usually be plugging into into positions. Um, uh, so I think that that is definitely an interesting uh, idea. The, the other thing that I think we we threw around earlier on is uh, quality. You know, Kevin mentioned no bad GMs, <laughs> right? We're I mean, we have GMs who will make mistakes, but they have plans and they're putting things together. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the impact of the Umeba on that. Um, how, right. do you, how do you feel about, uh, about that idea?
1: Well, the guys are, you know, they've had a proving ground, if you will. They've had their intro to the Brewster, if you will. They understand how the league works. Uh, they understand how our systems work. They come in. They're ready to go. Whereas in the past, they may have come in and, you know, been a little hesitant to make their own moves or step on anyone's toes or make deals, make make the bold decisions. Um, I feel like the Umeba has given us a very high success rate with new GMs coming in.
0: Yeah, I would agree to that. Um, I mean, we had the EBA, but at the end there, it got to be rapid turnover. And uh, with the Maba, it seems like the, the only turnover is when they, they come over into the BBA. Right. And, um, and they're very active on the forums, both in posting and clearly active in reading and learning from posts from years past.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting to watch because it feels to me like they're creating their own little uh, subculture um, of guys and in, in, in conversation with a couple of. Their... I think we, I think we call it a cult. There you go, a cult. <laughs> <laughs> the Umeba cult. Uh, I like that. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. The other thing that I'm wondering uh, your thoughts on, um, you know, something else that's happened over the next over the last five years or so, it seems like, is that the free agency classes are growing a little bit better. Players are asking for more money. Uh, The salary cap seems to come into play a lot more for uh, popping. Uh, You know, maybe this is me being sensitive to my situation because I'm running really close to salary cap right now and I'm going to have to make some tough decisions. (laughs) And I had to do that back in 37 with Lelouch and, you know, I lost four or five guys. So it seems to me like... um, Free agency classes are a lot stronger these days, and so some of the teams, perhaps, who are in the middle, can find that one piece um, if they're willing to perhaps overpay a little bit. You know, they can find a piece that will get them over the edge. Is that a is that something that you feel I'm in, in making a reasonable argument, or am I kind of blowing the smoke on that? Well, personally,
0: I'm I a victim of the cap myself the last couple of seasons. I had to let two pitchers go under free agency. Uh, Rodriguez really got overpaid on. But if I hadn't been up against the cap, I would have tried to keep at least one or the other. And the whole reason for trading Puckett away was about the cap and Lynch as well. So, um, you know, the cap's doing what it's supposed to do and, you know, forcing people not to be able to hoard players.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Obviously, the demands have been a little bit higher as well. Uh, But typically, they come down throughout the year. Um, And then when these guys get to free agency, we let the uh, GMs make these decisions as opposed to the AI. There
0: you go. Now, did anything change as far as uh, you made this reputation to enable them to be able to jump on some of these players that they got this year? Uh, they're assigned some bench guys, you know, guys that would be bench guys in the BBA.
1: So, two things have changed over the last couple of years with the Umeba. One, they are considered a major league. Um, and secondly, their reputation on a scale of one to 10 as compared to the BBA is a nine now. I believe you it
2: know. started at seven. Okay, that makes more sense. So,
0: I think yeah, they were think- able to compete for some of the the middle of the road guys.
1: Right. It's working just like I'd like it to right now, where they're not going to be able to sign any of the real superstars unless they get, you know, completely passed over for months and months at a time. But they're able to sign good players um, if they pay them a, a ton of money. Because those players are asking for a lot more to go to the Umeba than they would be in the
0: BBA. I hadn't really looked at the contracts that they were getting off to take a look at that.
2: Yeah. And that makes uh, quite a bit of sense right now. Uh, uh, as we look, this is outside of the topic of the podcast, I guess, but if we look into the next four or five, ten years and talk about how the, uh, fictional business aspect of the Amoeba, um, uh, grows, I could see some uh, additional modifications of that and, and things like that. But, uh, But that's clearly a long way away. What is closer, and what I'll try to end on here, is I wanted to put forward an idea to you guys that came out of another one of the conversations I had with the general manager, is that looking um, at the topsy-turviness of what's going on right now, think about how topsy-turvy things are going to be in a year or three when this mega class goes to free agency. How many people are going to be able to to manage to afford to keep those guys and how many of those guys will roll into free agency. And whoa, Nelly, well, won't that be uh, interesting for some of the lower teams? What are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, and on top of that, that's around the same time, the rule six is going to kick in and we'll be able to, to skim on some guys from the Maybach. Right. Ooh. <laughs> yep. It's
1: going to, it's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. Because there's starting to be some guys in the Umeba that are looking fairly appealing to switch over to the BBA. There you go. It's all going to happen once. It's going to be a free for all. So cooler heads, as always, will prevail.
0: (laughs) But if you've got some uh, folks that have managed their cap really well, they could uh, get really good in one season really quickly.
2: There you go. Well, I think we'll be out on that. I appreciate it. I think it's been a really fun uh, episode. And, uh, I do uh, want to plug one to... thing. Oh, go for it! If yeah. I
0: could, Hansky's Maple Barbecue Beef Brisket Sandwich. <laughs>
1: oh yeah,
0: <laughs> those are to die for. You absolutely have got to try one. I saw hometown that. Town guy runs the place. Smokes those Jack, things all is day that long.
1: Jack Hansky, who used to play for the for the uh, Marauders.
0: Uh, no, he's he's a bit on the old side now. It's his son who only played here one year. That was a uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, he had a ten or eleven year old. Your career as a pitcher, but uh, he runs the place now. And uh, boy, those things are good. In fact, I think I'd like to have one today.
1: We'll put her right up there against the Nashville hot chicken sandwich.
2: Ah, none of us can beat the Big Niner. Mmm. Mm, now I gotta go eat. That sounds like an Aerosmith, Roger. <laughs> there you go. Alrighty, well, thanks for your time today, and uh, I'll have a good
0: time. You've been listening to the BBA Today, a podcast that covers the Brewster Baseball Association every day. Music is bold statement, available at com and is attribution. retribution. Be safe and well, and we will hear you again tomorrow.